0: Welcome to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. Counting down movies, music, TV, and pop culture, one top five at a time. And now, here are the Two Peas.
1: Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Two Peas on a Podcast. I'm so thrilled that you joined us again this week. And we have another exciting episode for you, another fun top five topic. And we also have a first-time guest, which is always really cool. You guys know that I love that. Hopefully, this will turn into a recurring thing, but I've been following this guy on social media for like seven-plus years. We've been listening to each other's shows for several years. We're always kind of interacting over there on social media, Jason, but we've never had a chance to get together on the mic. But Jason is here from Binge Movies. What's up, man? Welcome to the show. (laughs) The last time...
0: This was supposed to happen. I don't know if it was your place or mine. You went on a hiatus Mm -hmm. for like a year. You went behind a paywall and I couldn't access you. Had no idea what you were doing. (laughs) Oh man, you disappeared off of really (laughs) just stopped tweeting. And then one day randomly you're like, I think I'm gonna do this podcast thing again. And I was like, I have to seize (laughs) the opportunity to talk to the man who has stolen many years of Paul's love from me
1: oh wow yeah we do have that yeah. shared uh yeah it's like a love triangle yeah guess, huh?
0: it, it, every relationship i have with paul is a love triangle i want to be the number one podcaster and man <laughs> and person in his heart and if i can't be his i'm going to be yours by the end of this gerald
1: let's do it man let's yeah. do it yeah hey three three's three's not a crowd three's company they said in the 80s a so yeah, three. <laughs> Let's do three, man. So Jason's here, binge movies. Uh, tell him a little bit about what you do, man. Now I was supposed to have been on your show a couple times, and like you, <laughs> yeah. like you yes. said, like you said, I had one literally lined up, and then I just vanished. Correct. <laughs> and yeah. just went on, went on hiatus, and I apologize for that. And uh, but I'm back now, so hopefully you can book me over there. Oh. But tell them a little tell me a little bit about what you do man cuz you're your first time guest i want to make sure people know where to sure. find you and what you do over there Okay pitch.
0: so before your fans think that you're a real shady character you were completely <laughs> lined up but in fairness to you well in advance you're like hey man i'm going to go on a hate i hate to do this to you like right, if right. you push it back i can probably do it but if it's something you want me to do i'm not doing anything for a while and i hate yeah. to do it to you yeah. and i'm so sorry and i will make it up to you and yada yada yada
1: and well, I thought, I thought, Jason, I thought I was retiring. I didn't even think it was a hiatus. I thought I was basically yeah. done with podcasting. And I don't know, ten months later, I just was like, well, I can do this, and I figured out a way to do it. So I've been back on. I've been back since October. Yeah.
0: and and we are all glad that you are back. We love that voice. Oh, thanks, man. Uh, but yeah, I didn't want. I don't want people to think that you just like you know we're com- completely <laughs>
1: uh, an a hole to me or anything like that. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, if they know me, they they know the the truth, though, and I don't know what that means. You take that, take that for yeah, what you the will.
0: Podcasting space, just having the common, gosh darn courtesy of being like, yeah. hey, it's. I know we're supposed to record in three months. I can't.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly it's, yeah I, I remember i tried to oh, give you the did, heads man, up for right? sure i've yeah. always appreciated that so i've always had you
0: on the list of if this guy ever re-emerges i'm gonna seize the opportunity so here we are okay enough of that enough of putting you over now the cheap plug of the show which is what <laughs> i'm really here for um so yeah. binge movies has been running for we're going to be heading into our seventh season uh, there's been uh, some starts and stops in there, one major one uh, that was unavoidable, um, but we've been back now for four years, this past November, and the show takes place at the last video story in the universe, which may, may or may not be a gateway to a hell dimension. Mm. That hell dimension is known as uh, retail, and... Uh, yeah. We got a lot of weirdos who come in off the streets. We're sort of the weird podcast that takes place in the weird store in that neighborhood uh, on the weird side of the street. And you might just one day stumble in there and not really have an idea of how you got in there. But what you're going to find is at least two people behind the counter uh, who are f- always going to be film enthusiasts. It's usually myself and sometimes a film critic, film podcasters, filmmaker, or something, in, someone within the industry. And we typically, we do a lot of different stuff, but our main shebang is that we uh, rank five movies based on a theme, um, and we do that within seasons. And then at the end of the season, the best episode, uh, according to the guest, and the best episode, according to me, those accumulate on a list all along the way. And at the end, the best of the best square off a little thing we call last movie standing, where we bring in film critics and they have a nice little friendly debate over which movie is most worthy of preservation for all time even beyond the end times because the end times are coming the children the time is running out children <laughs> the end, the is, end near. is near some say yes. it's already upon us Um, so, so, yeah. And so then we give it back to the people, which as long as film, Twitter exists, we will use that. Yeah. Once Twitter goes down in flames, we'll pivot to something else, but the people decide, you know, what AFI is saying, you know, what sight and sound has said and what they've readjusted their list to be. And you know what all the hoi polloi say, but we give it back to you, the people and say, okay, we'll let the film critics duke it out. But in the end you get final say, and we are building what we call the people's canon which is uh, uh more technically known as the vault. And so if that sounds weird and overly complicated, it is. And um <laughs> it's real nerdy and the episodes are pretty long and the people who like it really really like it and that num- number yeah. seems to be growing and the people who don't like it really really don't like it and that,
1: that number's growing <laughs> as well. Oh, come on, man. Well, if you're a movie movie lover and, you know, like you got to commute in your car or, you know, you go running, you go to the gym, you do whatever, put Jason and the dudes on over there. Because, you know, you guys love film and you can tell it comes through in all all the episodes and uh, everything I've listened to, I really enjoy. And I know we talked about it, but I can't wait to do my homework and come on the show as well. Well, Yeah, we'll put
0: you through the paces. It's going to happen.
1: I got to make that happen for sure. Now, your first time guest, I, I threw some comments over to you about a month or so ago. We started planning this episode, and I said, you know, come up with a topic for me because I'm going on 200 episodes, and I just don't, I just don't have the ideas anymore. <laughs> yeah, it happens to so- us all. <laughs> So you came up with what we're going to be chatting about tonight, and I want to talk a little bit about the background research for it, but why don't you tell everybody what top five lists you decided to do tonight? Well, I
0: I threw threw out about 30 different ideas, some of them real dog shit. Uh, I took notes (laughs) of all of them, though. They're on my list. Well, I was actually setting myself up for all of my reoccurring appearances now on Mm 2P's, but now you're going to use them all, and then I'm not going to have anything to talk about. But today, G-Man, we're talking about top five superheroes of all time, and we're keeping it simple. I wanted to overcomplicate the matter, and you said, God damn it, this is my show. Keep it simple, stupid. (laughs) And so I'm going to...
1: I did do that you did I? but why, why, why did I do that I, well, wh- we're, so we're doing we're doing comic book characters I hope right like villains are fair game yes. too, or no? yeah
0: so okay, superheroes right, right. a, a generic term but yeah comic book characters it could be anybody it could be one of the many bones I don't know what those things are called but they were in bone it could be uh, like funky bark winkle or whatever that guy's name is fuzzy lip wrinkle <laughs> whatever it could be you know uh, Calvin and Hobbes whoever right it could be in somebody in newspaper print it could be a villain good guy bad guy alien demon regular old joe schmoe or some kind of you know manifestation of dreams it doesn't matter
1: well i do want to talk to you a little bit about that before we get into our to the actual countdown because when i was making up my list i have these there were gifts that were given to me several years ago but i have like the dc encyclopedia Mm -hmm. and the marvel encyclopedia and it has like you know every character that's ever been drawn or talked about or whatever in those universes And I was going through those today and I was like, I just don't want to forget anybody. But what ended up happening, and I don't, as you probably know, I don't give away any titles up front. So just kind of keep it generic in this particular open here. But what ended up happening is I ended up having some pretty big names. Like my top five are all like household names. They're all characters that have been, you know, in TVs or movies or both. They're just like, wildly popular and I wanted to like be niche and like pick some character like you were joking about you know that three people have heard of but these are truly my five favorites now when you were doing your research how did it come about for you was it like you went right to the the big ones or did you have some niche picks in there
0: um I'll leave that to your listeners to decide once we get into the actual topic of conversation I did though. I, I had an inkling, having listened to you for many years. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought this guy's gonna, probably going to go with the, the the biggest of the big five.
1: <laughs> I did, but I didn't. <laughs> I didn't like necessarily want to. I just. I just try to be true to myself, yeah. you know. Plus, I want to be able to talk about these things, you know. I don't remember what I read when I was twelve. And you know?
0: so, not for the sake of us just being like, yeah, that too, me too. Um, I think there's going to be probably a couple crossovers, but I also dug a little bit deeper to like s- some of the characters who maybe don't get as much shine that I have uh, that I uh-huh. s- genuinely really enjoy and really genuinely like, or that I think have yeah. been impactful to the development of characters uh, within you know sort of the comic genre and. um and I noticed a trend, so we'll we'll get into, like, there might be something in my subconscious that that okay. attracts me to all these guys. We'll get into it as we talk about it.
1: Well, I'm interested to see that then, and I do have an affinity for villains, too. I don't know if you've heard me talk about that yep. on the show before, but I love, I love a good villain arc, like a good sympathetic bad guy. It's like, I don't know, it's just such a juxtaposed like character in comics and in movies and stuff like that. So I tried to not go villain crazy. So I, I limited myself to really one villain in my top five. And then there's a bunch of honorable mentions. I think that makes
0: sense because you are the Lex Luthor of independent podcasting.
1: That's basically what it is. Yeah. (laughs) That's me. If I ask you and Paul, that's what you guys are talking about (laughs) before you start recording over there. Great job on the Friday, the 13th series though. And, uh, I love what you guys do over there. Bench movies. So, Now that we're done, you know, talking about how great each other are, let's get into our list here. Let's talk about comic book characters, is what we're going to call it, our top five comic book characters. Jason from Binge Movies is up first, man. What is your number five? My number
0: five did not begin in comic books. He began as a radio character and not even really a character, Gerald. Began as a radio announcer. Of course, I'm talking about what evil lurks in the hearts of men. The shadow knows. I'm talking about the shadow. Uh, Who in later print and radio and television or or, uh, movie adaptations, uh, they actually gave him a super ability. Uh, but yeah, originally, he didn't have any super abilities. He was just sort of a master of disguise, a skilled marksman, you know, hand to hand combat sort of a thing. Um, he's uh, otherwise known as Lam- Lamont Cranston, among many other aliases that he's had. And, did, and then for all of these characters I'm going to talk about, there's been about 10 different reboots of them. And I'm going to try to stick mm-hmm. to the, like, as close to the original incarnations as I can.
1: Sure, um, that makes sense.
0: The coolest thing about him is he's got this hypnotic power to cloud men's minds so they can't see him, in particular mm. evil people. Uh, because he himself is evil. That's the other twist oh. with the shadow, is he's he is a he's one of the original pulp novel uh, slash radio anti-heroes. And for those of your listeners who may not know Gerald, he's also partial inspiration for the Batman.
1: Ah, well, that kind of yeah. makes sense, yeah. I'm not uh, wildly familiar with The Shadow. I mean, I know of that character, but I never, like, read it or really followed it. But that's an interesting pick. So I think I- I'll see what your theme, if it kind of comes to me as as you go along yeah. here. So, <laughs> the-, the Shadow is your number five.
0: Yeah, because right. here's the thing. Like, how cool is it that he's the reason, partially the reason why he's called The Shadow is because that's the only thing the villains see. And sometimes that was metaphorical. And sometimes that was literal, and, and it's really also like the shadow self. So Lamont Cranston, you know, billionaire, philanthropist, playboy, who's also a real POS, the shadow is this really ugly, shadowy version of himself, who is evil, and that is that is the the version of him that executes justice. And I think that that's really okay. interesting, you know, uh, uh, a, a sort of a a dark and brooding hero. It's kind of played out now, but, you know, back in the day, this would have been a... Really fresh concept.
1: All right, cool. Yeah, so the shadow there for you at number five. My number five is one, again, all of mine are household names, so I'll just say it and everybody will be like, oh, yeah, I knew who that is. (laughs) But it is the Hulk. Oh, yeah. Hulk is my number five Uh, killer, dude. Uh, Originally showed up in 1962 in the comics. And, of course, we know all the iterations that we've gotten recently in the MCU, which, you know, for my money are great. I love the 80s television show as well, and that's kind of why this character really is on my list, because I was a young boy when that show was on, and I can remember watching it at my grandparents' house, and uh, it was on like primetime. It came on like 8 oh, o'clock yeah. at night, you know? It was uh, it was a cool thing, and it's cool to watch reruns of it and kind of have that nostalgia brought back up, but, you know, Bruce Banner's kind of like this genius scientist, but, you know, he was, he was weak, and he was an outcast, and he was just experimenting with how to improve his life and trying to use his smarts to do that. And of course there was this failed experiment and he was exposed to these gamma rays and uh, you know, we get the Hulk when he's angry, you know, because of as a result of, of the botched experiments, but just such a cool concept that kind of like harkens back to like, you know, Dr. Mm Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type thing, right? Like the good and the good and the bad and, you're letting your emotions take you over and you turn into the villain when you, when you let your emotions get the better of you. And a lot of kind of commentary built into that character as well. But there you go. The Hulk for me. What do you think about this? I pick? think
0: it's a great pick. Now, let me let me ask you this. So you talk, we were talking about the Bill Bixby television show and then the miniseries yep. that they did throughout the 80s and into the early 90s, right? Yep. Was that your first exposure to the Hulk, like pre-comic books? Was it the TV show first?
1: yeah so i was so young but i Pro- think because it, so. it, it probably I, I was so. for
0: me right like i think that show if you weren't if you're not an old guy like us you don't recognize <laughs> how big that show was like the mainstream it was yeah. so that was your first introduction for people of our generation at least even you know, in the united states a lot of us that was our first introduction to the hulk and i think it's a great pick i think what's interesting is like because that was my first introduction, I think in my mind, even though it's not necessarily like they changed the name from Bruce Banner to David Banner because a TV exec thought Bruce Banner was a homosexual name. I don't know if you know that story. Oh, no, I don't actually. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So that's why he, he, Poor he has to fake man, his what? death. And there's the scene in the the intro where it says you know, you know, Bruce Banner was presumed dead or whatever, and they show his grave. And it was just they had to get rid of the name and and um, because wow. it was perceived as being a gay name. I don't know that Bruce is a gay name to all the Bruce's out there, and not that it, not that it matters. But uh, I don't know that you can classify
1: a particular name as being gay. So, the, so, so a studio exec was a homophobe Correct. and probably knew somebody named Bruce that was gay, and so therefore he decided. <laughs> yeah.
0: wow. But the Bill Bixby portrayal as Bruce, aka David Banner, was. Is and is to this day probably my favorite gerald like i in my mind when i think of the definitive banner not necessarily the hulk no no slagging on lou ferrigno but um when i think of the definitive dr banner there was just such like a sadness and an empathy and a yeah i agree yeah
1: he was he had such like that loner quality you know like in the mcu i mean mark ruffalo is amazing but he he never strikes me as somebody that's like down on his luck and a loner. You know well, what I mean? And then that
0: theme, the sad man theme or the lonely man theme that yeah. plays at the end. <laughs> right. Holy
1: crap. Yeah. So great, great pick, yeah. man. Great pick. Yeah. there. You- so there you go. Hulk. First of many billboard names on my <laughs> list. You had the shadow at your number five. What do you got at number four, buddy? This is uh
0: harkening to another character. I think you're going to know this one. This is a DC character. It's Michael John Carter, AKA booster gold. Um, Mm. For those that don't know Booster Gold, he is a 25th century football player who is enamored with the superheroes, superheroes of the 20th century, all of whom have artifacts in this museum in the city he's in, the Hub City or something like that. And uh, he breaks into the museum and he steals all of this like different Brainiac equipment and this, that, whatever. And then with the help of this AI... Butler pet thing that he has, which is, and I'm not making this up, is called Skeets. Ah, Skeet, Skeet, motherfucker. Ah, Skeet, Skeet, Booster Gold. um They basically build a superhero suit. He has no abilities whatsoever. He's actually a con artist. And he actually still has time travel technology, which is also just so happens to be in the museum, which is convenient. And he travels back to the 20th century. um, And his entire scheme is I want to become a rich celebrity. Uh, so I can essentially be what we would consider today as an influencer. That's his whole goal. He can oh, amass wow. <laughs> a personal fortune just through the power of celebrity by being a quote unquote superhero. He doesn't tell anybody he's from the future. People they just think he has these abilities, but it's all like technology in the suit that he's wearing. And here's what's so clever about it. It's so on the nose for today, which is why I think it would make a great adaptation um in the modern, you know, movie world or show world. But he originally debuted in 1986. So in 1986, this was a commentary on celebrity. And we didn't have the term influencers back then, but we do now. And I think it's I think it's like he would be absolutely perfect. And I've always loved this character. He's shown up in Justice League Unlimited a little bit back, you know, in the early 2000s. And he's popped off here, there, and yawn. Um, that with the Blue Beetle movie coming out, because they're, certain times their partners are and kind of you know foils to each other, sometimes there might be a chance that we get some Booster Gold action. Uh, he also seems like a character James Gunn would maybe be interested in because he's a little off kilter. And I just I love the fact that he's a yeah. normal guy who is a total fraud.
1: <laughs> yeah, see, <laughs> right. The social media influencer thing is kind of funny. That that would oh, play yeah. really well today. I feel like, but. I'm looking at his abilities online here and it says longevity. What's that mean? He just lasts longer than anybody I, else? I,
0: I, I saw that same thing and I have no idea because I've <laughs> longevity. Longe- it was like I don't I've I've read some Booster Gold stuff. I mean, he's been rebooted and shut down and he had his own series and you know, like all these characters. And I I don't sure. remember maybe, you know, coming from the future that he has advanced technology that lets him live longer. I don't know. I don't remember any of that. I just remember he can fly because of his suit. He, he still has time travel abilities. Um, he's, you know, can shoot energy blasts out of his hands or gauntlets and all the stuff that people were able to do in the eighties, you know?
1: <laughs> sure. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I had to do something before they were exactly on Instagram. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Killer man. So booster golds are number four. My number four is one of the biggest names in the history of comic books and superheroes, and it also debuted in 1962, which I didn't even realize until I just looked it up here. But it's Spider-Man. is my number wow, four. Wow, four. Yeah, yeah. That's a personal list, Jason. You know. But <laughs> wow, why so low? Did you ha- you didn't hang no, up, did you? You didn't hang so up? Why so low? Well, you'll have to get my top three. Oh to find man. Out. Uh, Well, this is, I mean, you know, obviously you agree then, but this is uh, one of the iconic ones here, but this is actually a comic that I did read as a young kid. I I use the term read loosely because, you know, when you're a 10 year old boy, you're not really reading necessarily. You're just looking at the pictures and like collecting them. And my dad would, I had fond memories of Spider-Man too, because my dad would take me to the comic book shop, uh, you know, wherever I was a good boy, quote unquote, and I got, got a prize or reward of some kind. We would go to the comic book store because he also bought comics back then. And I would always get the latest Spider-Man comic and just kind of thumb through to look at the pictures and just kind of, i try to make my own comic books, mimicking them with my, you know, crayons and stuff. So I had a lot of fond memories as, you know, 10, 11 years old too. And with that, but I also have this like devastating fear of actual spiders and always have. And uh, there was a real traumatic thing that happened to me when I was a kid was before that I was probably like seven or eight, but. I don't even want to say because people that have fear of spiders might freak out if they're driving down the street right now. But something really traumatic happened to me. And ever since that seven-year-old incident or whatever, I've just had this deathly fear of spiders. So I don't know if I found some kind of comfort in Peter Parker and that version of, you know, the spider. And I don't know. It's just maybe in my psyche. It kind of helped me kind of get through that a little bit but yeah spider-man for me man obviously you agree oh no, the pick.
0: pick is fantastic i know now why he is so low because he is repulsive to you because you well, i mean you're you spider
1: so i just you know, i mean I, I mean how can you not you know associate it with? well spiders, yeah he is spider I mean? dash man <laughs> uh, I mean, have you have to, to yeah you know, it's, it's so. in the name gerald um but he he's definitely one of my all times though sorry it's so low but hopefully my top three will make trauma Trauma's up for
0: it. a hell of a thing gerald Trauma's is a hell of a thing let, let yeah. me ask you this were you when you say like, okay i've read comic books and you said like in quotation marks read yeah it marks. were you going sure. weekly yeah, monthly or was it like kind of scattershot whenever you'd be able to pick like because here's the thing like when i was a kid uh mm-hmm. we're, and we're roughly the same age so it's like pretty much the same era so um there was no consistency on when i got comic books or when i didn't now they were a lot Save more it. readily available in public places when we were growing up than they are now. Like, you could find them at Rite-Aids or drugstores or whatever.
1: Exactly. In this, in, right, I remember that Spinner
0: Racks. But it was like, okay, if, if I was really into Spider-Man, th- maybe I could be able to convince my mom or dad to let me pick up Amazing Spider-Man. But maybe the next time it would be Friendly Neighborhood Spider-Man or whatever. And so I have... Pretty much no understanding of any classic run or continuity whatsoever. And thank God for Wikipedia, because otherwise I'd have I'd have no idea because I had some of those books. I had some of those, you know, maybe I had three out of five of the story arc, but I like I don't think I ever had a complete story arc of anything.
1: Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I mean, I you know, I want to say it was, you know, maybe bi-monthly, like once every couple months. And it was just like a reward for me to you know for doing my chores, yeah, or, me you know, too. stuff yep. stupid like that. Uh, but it was never like, oh, I got number one. Now I'm going to get number two. Now, you know, it was never like that. It was just kind of like, oh, what Spider Man is here? This one, okay, I'm going to yep. buy this one. You know, um, and it, it was just a hodgepodge of of Spider Man comics. I mean, over my over the course of a few years at that point in my childhood, I mean, it wasn't crazy. I had maybe like ten or fifteen. Yeah, you know what I mean, Spider Book. Yeah. So every couple months, I would say, but. It's just fond memories and, you know, my dad's no longer with us. So it's cool for me to kind of think about, you know, those weekends going to do yep. that with him. And, I, I and, you know, we didn't even talk about the movie iterations, but there's there hasn't been any that I've really been disappointed with. Like I've liked, you know, Toby Maguire, Andrew Garfield. Like I, I've liked all the different, um, you know, spinoffs that they've done. And I feel like they were all handled really well. You know, the Miles Morales and the Spider-Verse is one of my oh, yeah. favorites. So, yeah, I mean spider-man it's got to be and i, I don't
0: i can't remember if you're a gamer or not i'm not even the world's biggest gamer but the uh ps4 spider-man video game i don't know if you ever played that
1: mm-hmm. might
0: be one of the best spider-man anything that's ever been created and i, I think oh wow I, okay. I, to me it's almost like the definitive spider-man movie that never got made and i'm with you like even if some of the movies like didn't really work or come together they've done a pretty good job of consistently casting really good spider-man that, that capture different aspects or different styles of peter mm-hmm. parker or, or miles morales or whoever so um i think of yeah, all the sure. superhero movies spider-man his iterations have been probably the most consistent i mean even down to the animated series unless you go back to like the weird 70s tv movie uh you know th- <laughs>
1: but at the top yeah. at the time i bet that was the yeah, shit right He right? was, <laughs> you it know it was I mean?
0: literally blasting rope
1: yeah yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, it's kind of like what we were talking about with yes, Frick right. though. You know, if you, if you lived through that in the 70s, I bet it was like the greatest thing ever, you know? Yep. All right, so Spider-Man for me is at number four. What do you got over there? You're number three, buddy. All right, movie?
0: number three is potentially the deepest cut, and it is probably the one that I, during the speculator boom of the 1990s of comic books, actually was able to procure the first five, I think it was four or five, I can't remember now, of the Denny O'Neill run of this, which was essentially a late 80s reboot of a 1967 Steve Ditko reboot of a like Chandler Comics old-timey guy. He is the inspiration for Rorschach. He may or may not be affiliated with Victor Zaz. He is Charles Victor Zaz, aka The Question. Um uh, one thing <laughs> has remained
1: what I don't know anything about well, think this, well, thing has
0: remained uh true of the question. He basically looks like Rorschach because he pre existed him, and uh, just imagine a guy with no face in a mm-hmm. trench coat and in, in a uh fedora. Uh, who has you know, it, at different times, he's been an investigative reporter, other times, he's been like a secret agent, other times, he's been like a spirit, other times, he's just been like a conspiracy nut. Uh, which is no longer fun, unfortunately. But um, he, uh, yeah, he, <laughs> he, he's he gained access to. I think it's Professor. It's Rodor, but I think it's Aristotle Rodor, which was just the most comic booky name of all time. He developed this spray where you could spray it and and it would change your physical features. And that eventually got turned into like this weird mask, which they called pseudoderm. And he puts a mask Mm -hmm. on and he then sprays himself and it obscures all of his physical features and he can spray it over his his fingerprints and whatnot. And uh, it actually will change the color of his hair and, you know, complexion, all this sort of stuff about him. So he can be an investigator. Uh, He doesn't typically go against bad guys as much as he does um, uh, like – the government basically <laughs> he's sort of investigating oh, wow. okay. citywide corruption governmental level corruption um he's tangled with lex luthor a time or two because of Luth- luthor's uh you know uh tentacles within you know uh, uh city politics and global politics and whatnot um he genius level intelligence master detective again no real superpowers per se here
1: so uh, yeah. i gotta ask so how do you get into a character like this? Because I, I just looked it up when yeah. you told me, it sounded vaguely familiar. But I, if somebody asked me right now, or if it came up on Jeopardy, like I, there's no way I would get the answer.
0: <laughs> well, it was. It started with during the Speculator Boom. I basically went to the the comic book store uh, with my dad, who's also no longer with us. And I've very similar story to you. And we had a bunch of local stores, but there was one main one we went to, which no longer exists. It was called Land of Crayon. And we went in, and I was like, as a kid, I just had it in my head you've got to get number ones. And I knew, now, as a kid, I was also clever enough to know that everything was being rebooted to be a number one in the early to mid 90s. So it was like, I want a real number one. I don't want, you know, a number one from a a reissue or from this year where they're like, you know, they've, they've rebooted the entire continuity because that's what they started doing is every six months they'd be like number one, because they would just constantly reboot because they'd sell a bunch of comics, which led to a huge right. crash. So this guy's like, well, I don't really have any, everybody's come. The collectors have all bought most of my stock of like the true number ones, but I do have the full set of this thing <laughs> over here. And it's, it's a, the question. it's a Denny <laughs> O'Neill run and he rebooted and obviously denny o'neill is like pretty famous and so i was like yes you know he'd come off of batman and was working on this in 87 roughly around the same time as he's working on batman and um and i had the question now i collected it had it it might still be in my mom's basement i don't know but uh-huh jeffrey combs cult movie actor extraordinaire m- most known for reanimator and bride of reanimator among other things yeah sure yeah Played The Question on Justice League Unlimited, again, the animated series that DC put out in the early 2000s, you know, from like 2001 to 2006, I think. And so, uh, okay. and he did a phenomenal job. It just is like he was perfect as the voice of The Question and... Um, he they got involved like the project cadmus storyline and when luther ran for president and all those adaptations that eventually made their way to to, like the question was in a lot of it and so it was such a fun awesome portrayal and then yeah so i i've always i I shouldn't say i have always loved but since the early 90s the thing is i actually read the comic books and i really dug the character uh because he was so off kilter and so different than everybody else and so that's the question
1: that's great. I just read that he was in an episode of Scooby Doo too. That's probably true. <laughs> and also, also voiced by Jeffrey oh, Combs. I gotta that's try that cool. one down. I didn't know about that. Oh, uh, that's great. Okay, so question. Wow, I, I, I would never in a million years. I just didn't. I wasn't familiar with that character. So that's great. I'm glad you opened my eyes up a little bit. I, and there, here's one that I know that you and everybody else knows. Also, this had to be on my list almost by default because every once in a while my son will listen in to when I'm editing yeah. these shows. And he's named after this character, so he would be waiting for me to say it. But in fairness, even if his name was not Logan, I would still have Wolverine on my list, so it's my number three. I thought three. you were going to say Jughead. I was going to say, Gerald, if you named your son <laughs> Jughead, you're in real trouble. Yeah, why did I do that? <laughs> yeah. The Wolverine, man, uh, let's see. Introduced in 1974. I was born in 75. The whole X-Men... Kind of franchise and line really, really just is intrigued me yeah. so much as a young kid. It was like a comic series that you know we were talking about Spider Man. Some of the others around that age that we were into, but I, for some reason, and I don't looking back, I don't really know why. But you tell me if you felt this way too. But as a young kid, for some reason, the X Men just kind of felt like they were too adult, or like we weren't yes. quite ready for yeah. them yet. You, does that make sense? Like. They were a little on the outside when we were kind of looking. Yeah, they had sex in them, if you remember.
0: Like the the regular. We're not talking about like like behind the counter. Like regular X Men comic books. They were like almost more like soap operas. Who's sleeping with who? And there's like if you go back and look at the seventies and eighties run, there's so many uh, big breasted Jean Grey with nothing but a sheer sheet over her body with. Scott Summers, you know, get out of bed and pulling on his pants up. And you're just like if there was something Hell about ended. it and like the <laughs> topics were kind of heavy too. It de- it just dealt with right, heavy right. shit.
1: Yeah, a lot of political yeah. stuff and government I'm stuff. Right and yep. uh Yeah. So I don't know, it was something about that just kind of made, you know, because as a kid, it's like if your parents tell you, you can't do it, you wanna do it, you know. So It was something about that too, the taboo kind of side of it. But yeah, Wolverine, and then I love all the Hugh Jackman. And I mean, he's just—I mean, if anybody was ever born to play a role, you know, Jesus, I mean, this guy as as Wolverine is it. But it just such a just like a beast, man. I mean, he's just a beast. He's just a dude that will just you right. up. Not to be <laughs> I mean, right? Not to be confused I mean, uh, with beast who will lecture you to death. Yeah, yeah not actually beast. But yeah. 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 <laughs> but Wolverine, man, my you know, I was mentioned those encyclopedias earlier and it's funny because uh, I told my wife, I'm like, Well, I want to name, you know, Logan, I wanna name our son something comic book or superhero or you know something that he'll be proud of later and he'll he might be into and like we're flipping through this book and she hated every every name you should have hated. started with jughead that was your first mistake you're like, i know i know yeah. <laughs> i just hated yeah. all of them and then we just come across logan and because you know it was in w for wolverine so it was like the end of the fucking encyclopedia you know <laughs> yeah. i'm like running out of options here yeah. you know And we get to Wolverine, and it's like, you know, Logan, Weapon X. And she's like, oh, well, Logan's kind of cool. And I'm like, oh, please let this be real. And it was. And his name's Logan, and uh, here we are. And then my other son's named Luke after Luke Skywalker. So there you go. And you never had
0: a daughter named Silver Surfer, which is a real shame. (laughs) Can you believe that? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, Wolverine is is a very good pick. Um, Not only does he not make my list, um, not a single X-Men makes my list.
1: Oh, wow. Which okay. is
0: really surprising to me. And I thought, well, you know, with, ah, with, with, you know, I got to probably put Wolverine
1: down there. And I thought, Gerald's going to have me covered. And you did. So it worked out. There. I'm here for yeah. you, man. See that? All right. So Wolverine, my number three. And we are up to our runner ups, buddy. You've got a very eclectic <laughs> kind of underground list going over there. Well, sticking with the underground, my number two
0: is going to be. The world's greatest detective and the world's premier martial artist, of course, I'm talking about none other than the very obscure, hardly ever even talked about, Batman, otherwise known as Bruce Mm. Wayne. He's one of the richest men in the world, and rather than seeking therapy, he beats the shit out of people. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah,
1: Batman's also my number two, so we can talk about him together. So look at that.
0: Uh, Genius level in intellect, industrialist, whatever that means um expert detective <laughs> peak one of his abilities is labeled as peak human physical and mental condition physical maybe sure. but mental if you're dressed up as a bat yeah and, i don't know about the and mental and part, swinging right. from from cables and pummeling people into mud uh rather than going to therapy or maybe just donating a charity building you know funding the schools of gotham
1: uh mental health is probably not peak. You think when Bob Kane came up with this in the thirties that he thought this would be such a dark character? I don't know. Uh,
0: I don't know, because in the first couple ones he carried a gun, obviously, and he killed people. So I think in some ways yeah. he was like that darkness was always in there. It was always kind of gothic, always a little universal horror-esque. But I, I don't think he, he I don't think he thought in terms of sort of the the what miller would later do with him obviously and kind of denny o'neill among others like kind of reinterpret him as this like psychologically broken <laughs> person right right right, you right know, right. like what right. if citizen kane uh new taekwondo is basically what we've got going on here and uh and rather than rose it's pearls and popcorn but yeah it's i, I mean it's like I, I was reluctant to put batman on the list because what can we say about batman that I know that's the
1: thing I'm sitting here like wondering how I can even add to your commentary I mean it's like Batman is it was almost unfair to like (laughs) even include him in this list but we should have been like comic book carriers except Batman you know it's just he's just so synonymous with pop culture in general you know it's just he's just one of those all-time I mean this this character Batman is going to be like deciphered and rebooted literally for the rest of this earth like there will never not be something batman in development
0: that's that's 100% true and i think what's so interesting about the batman character and mythos if you want to call it that is we've seen endless iterations on the character and even within print you have just you could almost take this character and put him into any sort of style any sort of you know you could have any interpretation you could you could we've seen the more campy comedic tongue-in-cheek version obviously with the the famous adam west stuff we've seen um the dark and sort of really twisted like tim burton and and nolan and reeves Mm -hmm. who are all very distinct filmmakers with very distinct personalities and palettes and They've all made highly successful films with the character that even though they use some of the same characters, including the Joker, uh, don't feel anything alike (laughs) at all. Right. And I like, I think that's the thing that would probably surprise Bob Kane the most when he ripped off, um, the shadow and the phantom to make the batman i think he was probably most surprised that this sort of knockoff character he made would end up becoming the definitive version of that detective character and would also be so malleable i mean you you, batman has been can be anything he could be a part of the super super friends or he could be a dark and brooding the late great kevin conroy or he could be you know he can just be anything he needs to be and yet still somehow re- retain the his batmanness which is pretty incredible. You can't say that for every single character. You couldn't take Logan I don't think and put him in a in a, a bunch of different contexts. Logan
1: kind of is right, what yeah, he is. it would seem right. out of place, right? Superman
0: yeah. kind of needs but, to be Superman and if you kind of futs with the formula too a little bit too much it, he doesn't feel like Superman anymore. Right. But Batman can be anything you need him to be and He can work in any category and that is, that's his secret sauce.
1: And I don't think we've really mentioned anybody that would fall in the category of just straight up vigilante either. And that's, you know, he, that's what he is too. So you take the billions of dollars, of course, but I mean, from a humanity standpoint, I mean, he's just a dude, you know, and he, he's a vigilante who wants justice for this rundown Gotham city. And he, you know, is so lonely in his, in his own life that that's all he has, Yeah, you know, correct and, Different different iterations might enhance that storyline more than others, but you know we didn't really get that in the Adam West version, right. for example. But uh, nonetheless, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting take, you know, to take a vigilante character and other characters have done it. Other shows and comic books have have used that kind of as a springboard. But like we already said, I mean, Batman is the name you know, maybe Superman, if you wanted to say those two names, you know, that originated around the same time back in the 30s. But I mean, those two characters are essentially the foundation pieces to what we're talking about tonight, in my opinion. So, and Batman happens to be my personal preference between those two. So he's also my runner up at, at number two as well. So there's a little crossover for you, Jason. So we agree on something there now why don't you go ahead and give your number one and then i'll give my number one unless you want to go last i don't no, really care. i'll go next uh it's your all show right, let's do it
0: man. we need to close with you you're the voice that people are tuning in for and what a beautiful voice it is <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you it's peter parker it's spider-man i take everything great about batman Oh, okay take all everything right. great that we said about batman and then take away all the money you know right because sure. no matter what there is always this um you know, caveat of that Bruce Wayne is a billionaire. And I don't know about you, but like Del Griffith, I'm about a billion dollars short of being a billionaire. So yep. I can't really completely and fully relate to him, no matter what my traumas are or what my rages are, or looking at a lot of the injustice that we see in society or even on a local level, the bullshit that goes on in our world and the, the, you know how the small and the the voiceless and defenseless are are taken advantage of by a system that doesn't care anything about them. I can relate to his anger over that, but I cannot relate to his wealth or his means of of uh, using that wealth to to give himself power over the criminal element. But I can relate to a guy who constantly feels guilty, <laughs> never feels like he measures up, is always stretched a little too thin. And maybe has some powers and abilities I can't relate to, but how he handles those abilities, I, I I can relate to. The I don't think there's any character maybe outside of Daredevil who almost made my list that is mm-hmm. so in Marvel it, traditionally in the classic runs the the golden era of Marvel uh, in in silver uh, age of Marvel did this probably better than anybody is the humanity of their heroes and mm-hmm. uh, but sp- uh, of all of them. And of course, this is the crown jewel of Stan Lee's cap, or crown. Um, Peter Parker is always human. He's always the most humane. He's always the most relatable to of sort of character. Yeah, you know, sure. he is. You know, Spider and Man. You know, it's right there, and and it's he's it's equally balanced in almost every representation of him. And that's yeah. and he is ultimately a tragic character, and I think that's something that we can all relate to nothing ever works out right for this guy no matter how hard he tries and he's also such a principled person that he he truly gives you something to aspire to because he's still you know because you can scapegoat superman because well, he's not really from here he's from an advanced civilization for sure he's yeah, an alien he's from an advanced right? civilization light years away right you know what i mean like he's basically you know space jesus i don't know that i can live up to jesus or space <laughs> jesus but I could maybe right. do my best effort to try to be a Peter Parker in the world. Sure. Yeah, I know that's a
1: good point. Yeah, I mean, I already talked about it. I agree with you 100. I, you know, I don't know. I think just the fear of spiders messed me up a little bit. <laughs> it bumped them down my list a little Understandable. bit. Understandable. But I, but I love Spider Man. I mean, I, you know, I, I should have started with this at the top. But I mean, these are really interchangeable. I mean, if we did this episode tomorrow night, the five might be in a different order. Not so. for me.
0: This is my definitive list. You're I'm set, set in stone, and not only is it right for me,
1: it's right for everybody else. If your list doesn't <laughs> conform to mine, then I know what, what the, the hell, hell is with wrong with people? people. With that being said, I have a villain at oh, my number God. one. Of course, I do. It's the of Joker. Course. Let's fucking go, dude. I mean, this guy—you know—much like the mirror flip side yeah, of Batman, yeah. this is a a guy that has no superhuman abilities. He's just a psychopath. And he literally, you know, Michael Kane may have said it best in The Dark Knight when he says, you know, some men just want to watch the yeah. world burn. They can't be reasoned with, you know, and we're in this comic book world where the Joker is allowed to run amok and just, you know, do things that, you know, one single person probably couldn't get away with in the real world, or at least not for very long. But because of the kind of enhanced level that we're dealing with and all these different scenarios that he puts himself in, I mean, he, I don't know. It's just such a frightening – to me, it's more frightening, right, to think that somebody as crazy and that has literally zero cares in the world other than just wanting to harm yeah. people was, like, in my town. Do, you oh, know what yeah. I mean? It's more scary for that than, like – you know some of these otherworldly villains that are like half lizard and you know sandman i mean i mean they all have their place but you get what i'm saying like there's just some kind of realism to this character that is very frightening and in a weird way relatable to a lot of at least people of our age group because like you start to kind of go a little fucking crazy sometimes and you could see like there's 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 parts where people can snap and i don't know man some of the uh, iterations of this character too I mean they've two Academy Awards yeah. uh for guys have gotten playing in this guy uh, I'm talking about Heath Ledger and uh Joaquin Phoenix in the last couple of years and I mean Cesar Romero on the TV show was oh, great yeah. obviously Jack Nicholson and Tim Burton's adaptation was great everybody's bought brought a little something different to the character but I don't know if you get what I'm saying but just the fact that this is just a normal dude that has this like twisted, kind of sick sense of humor and view of the world is such a mirror opposite of what batman is thinking in his mind and it just is the juxtaposition has just always been i mean there's a reason why he's probably the best known villain in in the world in my yeah opinion. so like we were talking earlier about batman and how he
0: is so malleable that you could do so many different versions of of Batman, and, and somehow it still works, right? Like you could do a more comedic or more family friendly or a darker or a more twisted or more violent or a more depressed or more. You could do the same thing with a Joker. So as many iterations mm-hmm. as there are of Batman, there are equal amount of iterations of his kind of doppelganger, like you were saying, uh his his negative, his reverse, which is the Joker. Yeah. And that isn't that's not true of a lot of villains, either right? You couldn't necessarily flip Lex Luthor or, and put him in a bunch of different contexts and have it work the
1: same, but you can with the Joker. And I was, I was like, yeah, it's almost, it's almost like they yeah, go together. Oh yeah. I mean, it's like they're a pair. You know what I mean? Like whenever the Batman, in, in other words, like and I know we got these little shots of I can't remember the actor that did it in Matt Reeves' movie. um I don't know if you remember, but anyway, they had the little you know hidden yeah. scene that wasn't in the final product or whatever. But what? What people have to realize is whenever there's a Batman project or, you know, producers or studio execs or writers are like, I can guarantee you that the Joker is top of conversation in terms of where is he going to be worked into the story? Because it's gotten to a point where they just complement each other so well, the two characters that... It's hard to imagine one without the other, you know, or at least the threat of the Joker being there or showing up at some point or flashbacks of him or, you know, something like that where he's, they're just always it's connected. Holmes, you it's like mean, Holmes and Moriarty. Like these, yeah, he's yeah, the nemesis. Yeah. I, to your point, I was thinking about the Joker
0: the other day, not even in regards to this podcast. And I was thinking about him uh, as all nerds do just in your day. I'm just thinking about the Joker. I was just thinking, sure. along the same lines of what you're saying, what makes him so terrifying is that he's insane enough to give literally no fucks but exactly. he's intelligent he enough to know that he's insane. A lot of Batman's right. craziest villains, like the really truly deranged are so disturbed that they don't they aren't don't, they're, not, they're not even rational at all to the point that they don't know that they're ill. They don't know that they're like Harley Quinn would be a great example of that. Like she kind of has a sense but she's such a fractured, broken person that she's, like, Dr. Quinzel's pretty much lost. Whoever, whatever the Joker is, his intelligence level is as great, if not maybe even slightly greater than his insanity. Which means he is actually fully in control of his actions at all times. So when he yeah. does these horrific yeah. things like gassing an entire city with Smile X or Joker gas or all this other stuff that he does... Uh, the yeah you said the twisted sense of humor there's still that glimmer of he actually he knows what he's doing and is proceeding with it anyway and that is that's it that's really scary that's more scary than somebody who's because somebody who's out of control can eventually be contained but somebody who's fully insane and fully in control of their insanity can never be contained I with the joker I always think of this Hannibal Lecter line from Uh, It's actually from, I don't think he says it in Manhunter, but he definitely says it in Red Dragon. Um, And Mm -hmm. Hopkins, I don't know if it's in the book, but in the movie he says, he's writing to Will Graham, and he says something along the lines of, in a civilized world, I would either be put to death or put to some kind of use. Mm. And that's the, that that line, the movie's not that great, but that line is always stuck with me because Mm -hmm. Like that's also what makes Lecter so scary is he is insane. He is absolutely clinically insane, but he's also incredibly brilliant enough to almost be able to control his own insanity. He can't control it enough not to eat your brain or your face, but he can Mm -hmm. control it enough to get you to the point where he can eat your face. And that's exactly what the Joker is. He he can control his
1: madness enough to be a real threat. And that is just
0: spooky as fuck
1: there you go so we got our first villain and it came all the way at the very tail end of my number one the joker there you go jason so those were our top five comic book characters i'll tell you what man we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we will give some honorable mentions and then we will head over to social media and see what the fans had to say everybody sit tight we will be right back hello listeners did you know that there is a lot more content where this episode came from As you may know, we are an independent podcast and we rely on donations in order to keep going. Over on our Patreon site, you will find several ways to stretch your dollar. I am currently producing six exclusive series that you can only get there. They include popular ones such as My First Time and 100 G-Tunes. You'll also get regular main top five episodes just like this one, super early, often weeks in advance. For as little as $1, you can help the show continue. Just visit us over at patreon.com two peas on a pod, or you can check the show notes for this very episode. Now let's get back to the countdown. Welcome back, guys. As I said, pre-break, Jason from Binge Movies. Finally, seven years. <laughs> the dude is here. I mean, I, you know, he's just been crawling here and he finally made it. <laughs> And we had a doozy for you. We gave our top five comic book characters. Jason, why don't you just wrap up your top five again? Just remind everybody what you had over there, five to I one. I really only
0: had one honorable mention, and it was Daredevil, Matt Murdock, the martyr of Marvel. Uh, that's your only honorable.
1: That's it. That's it you know. Wow. Uh, that's a good one, though. Did you like the TV show on Netflix? Uh, I loved
0: it, you know, and uh, it, it's it's kind of weird because it, it was, it's almost like that entire era because like... like Oh god, like I don't even know how to contextualize it cuz it feels too recent, but it's also when you really think about a long time ago now. Um mm-hmm. like Marvel was still f- kind of finding its footing on in the movies. Not to say they weren't successful, but it w- wasn't the juggernaut completely that it would become no pun intended of cuz you know, it really <laughs> hit huge with Avengers in 2012. Not long after sure. that, you know, we've got Drew Goddard adapting Daredevil for the screen and I think that first season especially with the Kingpin portrayal, is maybe some of the best stuff Marvel ever did. I know that there was some kind of beef between the movie side of things and the TV side of things, and they were kind of more connected at the beginning, and eventually they were pretty much completely separated out. Now he's being brought back into the fold, albeit probably a little tonally different. But uh, I I, I love that show. I thought it was some of the best TV at the time. Definitely some of the best TV on Marvel. And that, that's during uh, or, uh, Netflix. And that's definitely when Netflix was in its kind of more prestige era, prestige TV that we were all excited about about a decade ago. So, yeah, I loved it. Um, he's got s- several great runs. Um, Frank Miller, obviously, completely reinterpreted him. Uh, and emphasized the ninja stuff because he was obsessed with ninjas as everybody was thanks to canon films the 1980s mm-hmm. and without daredevil we don't get teenage mutant
1: ninja turtles so there you go true that true debt. well i had uh five honorable mentions and it's a uh, rogues gallery of batman villains <laughs> for the most part <laughs> not completely but i do have harley quinn on there yeah. i have catwoman on there uh also have scarlet witch dude oh man you're talking about x-men oh, yeah. and uh, sex cells bro <laughs> look at some <laughs> images of how they drew her yep. initially wow um yeah also i had what else did i have I had? venom oh yeah uh, I, I, you know we we're talking about the duality of the characters um with batman and joker similarly with yep. spider-man and venom and then superman because i mean it's the og so i had to put him on there as well uh, there you go. So i tell you what, Jason, to end the episode, we head over to social media. We open up the old suggestion box and we see what the fans had to say. So let's do that, man. I said, what are your favorite comic book characters of all time? Let's see what they had to say over there. Tony Dobish, patron and friend of the show, just shared a GIF of Batman and he says, end of discussion. He's not no, wrong. Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, that's 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 the one right there. Let's see, uh, Josh Ragland, patron and friend of the show. He was uh, giving me a little backstory. He's saying he didn't read a lot of comics as a kid, but he remembers reading the Teen Titans, mm. and he loved that loved that series. You a fan of the Teen Titans? I never read the series, but I was a fan of the
0: show that they did, uh, like the original Teen Teen, not Teen Titans Go, the one
1: before that, the one that was yeah, right, there. right, right. Let's see, Brad Hargis, patron and friend of the show, says Batman, the Grifter, and the Trencher. I don't know the trencher, I don't know the trencher
0: at all. Brad is uh, I don't also either. a big supporter of binge movies, and he's been around just as long as we have, I guess, with the cinema guys. So. Yeah, I know. And I think he said he's going on your
1: show next month. He was telling me. Yeah, that. that's correct. It,
0: it, it will be, we'll, we're going to do it. When it will air is
1: yet to be determined. Yeah, Brad's my dude, and uh, we're always texting like ideas for YouTube videos and stuff. And I told him I was recording with you, and he was like, oh, good. Tell him I'll see. talk to him on his yeah, show yeah. next month. Great guy. Great guy. <laughs> Uh, Michael Hill, patron and friend of the show, and friend of mine in real life, he says he wished he could be on this episode. He's a big comic book guy, but his top five would be Hawkeye, Big B Wolf, the big bad, Nightcrawler, oh, yeah. Spider Man, and AOA Blink would be his uh, top five. So it's a good I know about there. two of those, but so
0: here's the thing you you gave up an opportunity to spend time with a real friend to finally
1: have me yeah. on after seven years. Man, you've more than made up for it. Sorry, Michael. More than
0: made up for it,
1: David Powell, another patron, another friend of the show. He's got ten here. You know, David always goes the extra oh, yeah. mile. I'll just run th- I'll run through him real quick. He says The Badger, Sandman, Spider Man, Judge Dread, Blue Devil, Constantine, Swamp Thing, Johnny Alpha, Batman, and Magic from New Mutants. Okay.
0: Yeah, you know, I actually gave it's not an honorable mention, but I gave half a second thought to Judge Dredd, uh, but he didn't make the cut for me.
1: But those, that's a really good list of the ones I know. That is know. a good list. That is a good list. Joey Austin says Batman and Spider-Man, hands yeah, down. Yep. I don't think anybody's going to argue with that. Uh, Christianity, patron of the show, says Margaret, the mysterious talking koala from Curseworks. <laughs> Do you know that? I don't, I don't know, know who the fuck that is, but it sounds amazing. <laughs> that sounds great. He also says Faith, Herbert, Art, Spiegelman, Deadpool, and Wait, Batman. Wait, was it a talking koala or talking kangaroo? His note says Talking Koala, but I'm not familiar with koala. So so that could be Paul. (laughs) Okay, well, maybe. Let's see. Maybe that's what he meant. Let's see. Drew Howland, patron in front of the show. You know that, dude. He says, Constantine, Spider-Man, and Green Lantern. We haven't mentioned Green Lantern yet. Are you a fan of that one? (laughs) Maybe that's why we didn't (laughs) mention it. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, let's go look at this, though. So Drew uh, has a few audibles, and guess what one of them is? The question. Hey! Look at, that. look at that uh what else did not we not mention uh lobo the flash and plastic man he also yeah, says yeah i'm surprised the flash shouldn't come up but yeah me too me too i think uh what's his name ruined it for everybody what's his name ezra miller uh, their uh, name is ezra, ezra miller, miller. Yes. Uh, their name yeah their name i'm just kidding by the way but yeah the poor it's been a tough thing for, oh man
0: if for that them. movie i'm still i'm still of the opinion if that movie comes out it's
1: going to be a miracle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's going to have a... Uh, hopefully they keep up. Oh, the yeah. He'll to have to say that.
0: They, they, they will have to be contained.
1: Yes. Let's see. Sean Ennis says, The Joker, Batman, Daredevil, Spider-Man, and the Hulk would be his number one. Jared Taylor shares a gif of the Batman. Yeah. Dan Brennick from Netflix and Swill, patron of the show, says, Nightwing and Miles Morales, specifically. for yeah. Spider Man. Netflix there. and Swill. I want to give a shout out to them, too. They're like, there's... I don't know... There's,
0: I feel like it's less than a dozen at this point of people who all kind of started with a year or two of each other, more or less. Yeah, And yeah, Netflix as yeah. well is another one, for sure.
1: Yeah, they, they've been there since the beginning with yeah. us, too, man. Yeah, they're great. Amanda Edmond, a dear friend of mine, says she's going to go with some graphic narratives, uh, which I'm not sure what that means because she does have X-Men on here. She's got Storm Ooh. from X-Men, Enid from Ghost World, Allie from Hyperbowl and a Half. I'm not familiar with that one. And she says, of course, Batman. Yeah. So basically, she went A24-style comic book. Yeah. yeah. Uh She went indie Uh world. Yeah. Indie, indie, yeah. She went even more underground than you. I didn't think that was possible. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just a poser. (laughs) She's the real deal. I'm I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, Ashley from Rabbit Ears. She's got uh, even more Batman than I had in my list. She's got Two-Face, The Riddler, Poison Ivy, Catwoman, and The Joker. Look at that. Look at that. Brett Parker says the Joker, Batman, Spider Man, Venom, Rorschach. Yep. There you go, and Doctor Manhattan. Yeah. And then I will end on patron and top tier level patron of the show, Dan Roski. He says Silver Surfer, which could would be his was supposed pick. to be your daughter's name. Had you had one, I know I was going to name my daughter Silver yep. Surfer, and uh, wife wife yep. would go for it. I yep. can't believe that so there you go thank you guys so much for the feedback this week I really appreciate it as always Jason uh, it was a blast to finally talk to you verbally yeah, right? and not just not just typing on a screen so it means a lot to me that you came on the show man and hopefully I get over there to binge movies sooner than later give me some homework man I'm ready <laughs> but, but wait till after the oh, new yeah, year yeah. because I'm in retail and it's not going to happen yep, this month <laughs> yep. I, I hear you I hear you brother all right, man, tell them where they can find Binge Movies and look you up, brother. I'll put everything down in the show notes yeah, as well. Yeah, you
0: can find us in all your favorite podcast apps. Um, we are probably the most active on social media, on Twitter, with all the rest of the podcasts that you probably know or that you probably are. So we are at Binge Movies. We've just started a Instagram. It's kind of a backup, but I'm getting more active there, doing some reviews via the Power of Reels. So we are over there at Binge Movies Lives. Because I cannot remember the password to at Binge Movies, which I also have. But it's at Binge Movies Lives. Ah. If you're a big movie person, you're on Letterboxd, follow us on Letterboxd at letterbox.com slash Binge Movies. Because we do a lot of the show stuff, like list of stuff we're going to have in going into the new year. Um, from the point whenever this airs, we will have the Binge Movies Challenge, which is going to be around 100 plus films. Uh, for 2023, okay. and if you watch all of, all of them by the end of the year, uh, you get some kind of a prize. This year, people are getting uh, VHS tapes straight from the shelves of binge movies, home video in St. Tropical Akron, Ohio, uh, clamshells and all. So that's pretty exciting. We've already got some. Some finalists there we are also on patreon patreon.com slash binge movies and that's about it so give us a follow nice. like subscribe five stars if you've already been listening and you haven't left a, left us five stars please do so it really helps us out and please do so for gerald
1: and also give me your address so they can put the question action figures in the mail to send those oh over you. I, you know what i I'm,
0: I've, i finally reached the point of podcasting where people want to start to send oh, me man. stuff
1: i love and that yeah.
0: like, i'm gonna need a p.o box though <laughs>
1: I know I know yeah I'll get I'll get stuff for my patrons and I'm like it's cool but also they know, yeah, I, love, right. you know so I don't know. <laughs> hope I don't disappoint them on Correct. the show run, yeah, you know? that's right uh, all right man well it was a blast to have you here and once again I really appreciate you showing up uh, all of Jason's information will be down in the show notes if you guys want to please check that out and send him over give him a visit over there thanks for being here man I appreciate Thank you for the
0: opportunity it.
1: all right guys we will see you next week we'll be back with another top five until then everybody take care